Hello and welcome to Franco Sports Talk Basketball. We're about 15 games left of regular season, so we are going to run through uh, the playoff races in both conferences. Uh, let's actually start with the East first, because there's a lot less to talk about. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the West. So, yeah, the East. Um, I mean, there's a lot bigger ga gaps between the teams. Aren't there? There's a lot of teams that are, like, guaranteed who are a lot more um, kind of locks for the postseason. At this point, you'd say the Bucks, Celtics, 76ers and Cavs are all um, getting straight through. And, and it feels... Yeah, I mean, the Cavs, like, there's been sort of, because the Knicks have gone on this little winning run, there's been kind of some talk about that. The Knicks could catch them in the standings. And they might be able to put up this, like, fight in a series. And yeah, yeah, maybe. The thing with the East that, like, they have three teams that are absolutely definitely title contenders. And then they have loads that are, partly because they're then in the conference with those three teams, definitely not title contenders. Um, so, like, even down towards the bottom, like, obviously the West all year has been really congested. There's now, like, two games separating 10th and 11th. There's still, like, a bit of like a battle from playing, like maybe because Brooklyn's yeah. falling, like Miami could get out of the playing. But like, there's, it feels like you wouldn't be that surprised if like one to actually literally the whole 15 finished in this order. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous with 16, yeah. 17 games to go. But like, when yeah, there's a two-game gap at this point, that's actually quite a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's two games gaps between... In fact, it's almost equally... At this point we're recording, there's actually like a two-game gap in wins between like all the teams, down from first to seventh. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that quite a few of them play each other down the stretch and stuff, and that could change a little bit. I mean, Miami catching Brooklyn seems the most, the most likely thing to happen. Yeah, um, and then right at the top is obviously where it's interesting too, because you basically don't want to be in the two-three matchup. You'd think. Yes. Yeah. Well, so you, what? So you're talking about the who gets the top two spots? Well, who gets partly? Yeah, partly for home court. But like, if you get the one seed, you will have. The eight seed out of the play-in, which yeah, maybe that ends up being Miami or Atlanta or Toronto, and it's a bit awkward. But like, you're gonna they're gonna win that series. Any of the top three are gonna win that series. Then they get what looks almost certainly to be Cleveland or New York in the second round. Um, whereas, for instance, Philly at the moment would play. Well, they play Brooklyn in the first round. Okay, that's fine. They'd then have to beat Boston and Milwaukee to get to the finals. On yes. the road against both yeah. of them. It's basically like those top three. Um, those top three, actually, it's about being the top spot, isn't it? If you're the top spot, you only have to play one of the other two. Whereas if you're two of three, you probably have to play both of them. Yeah, and even how those matchups fall is quite um, interesting, to be honest. Because, so like, I don't think Philly would really hate going against Milwaukee. Not only because they just beat them, but like, Embiid... Um, seems like one of the few guys that kind of like no one stops Giannis, but they at least they seem to have more of a hope against him than most other people. Um, the Sixers just cannot beat Boston like ever, 
So this, like, on the road against Boston in the second round seems bad, particularly James Harden set to become a free agent. They lose that yeah. series heavily, like, serious repercussions. And then you feel a little bit like, I, I don't know if, like, would Milwaukee want Boston? I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's going to be amazing, basically, those teams going against each other. And one of those teams is going to have the luxury of not having to play both the others. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as it stands, the Bucks have got well two and a half games ahead of the Celtics and four games ahead of the Seventy Sixers, so they've got a bit of a cushion there. And, and they and um, they've just won and they've won nine out of the last ten. And even before that, it was a bit that big, the only game they've lost is that Sixers game in like a month. Um, they didn't lose in February. Yeah, Chris Middleton like, is now looking like Chris Middleton. They have more depth, like. Suddenly, everyone yeah. looks useful. Yeah, I'd, I'd, um, yeah, I'd be pretty confident they're going to get a top seed. Actually, with the way everything's going, I think they are. Um, I've always been like really high on the Bucks last few years, partly because I'm just like the world's biggest Yanis fan. But like, it's been when they're healthy. I mean, they pushed Boston all the way last year without Middleton, which kind of just is ridiculous. They got that close. And you look at it now, and it's like they, I think they're probably deeper than the Celtics, remarkably. Not like the top 10 deep. I mean, Boston have a better top seven, I think. But, and also just like, does anyone really want to play against Giannis for a whole series? It just, that seems like one of these things, like when he's got a healthy team around him, I sort of need to see someone beat them first. Because Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez have been brilliant this year as well. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I'd I'd say they. Yeah, they're potentially the favourites. I mean, they're definitely the favourites in the East, aren't they? Big, as we just said, with the top seed being such a big advantage. Um. Yeah. And so, do you, is do you reckon it's, what do you make of the Celtics' chance of catching them? Well, I think they're probably not going to get in the standings, and they've got a better schedule. They've been a bit like stop-starty recently. Um, like Robert Williams had his great return and stuff, but he just there's no sense that he can play like five games in a row. And um, they're 19 and 11 since the turn of the year, which is not like awful, obviously. But there's been like some not great losses along the way. Um, I actually have my notes, but like I don't know if it's crazy to have them third in the East now. Yeah, what you mean the 76ers overtake them. So that's only one and a half games, and the Sixers have really been rolling. And in like a power rankings kind of idea with it, because the, the trouble with the Sixers is they have James Harden and Doc Rivers, and they've not done it in the playoffs, and Boston has. But basically, since they started badly, only Denver has won games at a better rate than them. Embiid is just... He played last night on the second night of a back-to-back, and this meant to be the thing is if, when he gets tired, when he gets beat... Oh, sorry, we just had some uh, technical difficulties there. But we're back now. Um, where were we? Uh, something about the Sixers. I was jabbering on about Embiid for a change. Um, yeah, just that they, since like the last like two or three months at this point, they're basically playing as well as anyone. The only thing is defensively they're not great, but their offense is like 
dominating people. And Embiid, even the games where it was previously, I think it was like tiredness came in, just doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. Um, against Boston, they really don't have like the players to guard their wings. And they seem to be able to like suffocate Embiid still a bit. Yeah, that is their real weakness, isn't it? They really don't have anyone guard wings. No, because PJ Tucker's like like a hundred years old now or something. Um, yeah. Um, although they have, so they've had another game the other day, didn't they? Where Embiid got forty points and Harden got twenty, and it's some kind of it's some kind of record. Have got they've got the most times in the season that's happened. I think I saw that the other day. Yeah, and they had a very rare thing where they both got 30 points and 10 assists uh, the other day as well. Like That two-man game and just them as a combination is kind of living up to the billing at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I completely get, there seems to just be like scepticism of them, which I think is fair. And as we said, they are currently in this they'd have to beat both of them on the road situation. Yeah, I'm. I'm not at all that confident in them in the playoffs. Because obviously they're rolling at the moment. But when we talk about balanced teams like the Bucks, just being like, just almost not having weaknesses, really. Yeah. yeah. There's very obvious ways. It feels like you can get the Sixers. Yeah, absolutely. You 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 know if you play on the play on the wings a lot. Like go through your wings. A lot of perimeter play. It's like they're not gonna. I don't know. They're, they're not gonna defend that very well. But I mean, I've seen their scores in some of the their recent games, and it seems like they just they are just doing the kind of outscoring people thing, aren't they? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's basically like really high scoring ones recently. It's whether Embiid can like power them enough defensively, and that the offense can keep going like that. I think. Because um, some of this is also like the amount of defense you get from Embiid varies quite a lot in these games, but they have the same. I mean, they have more wing options than like Cleveland do, where that's just sort of the thing at the moment is their like poor their offense late in games is a bit congested, and defensively they don't have anyone to guard like Tatum or Brown or even Harden to be honest, and that's like what's stopping them. Yeah, but you feel like their interior defense is incredible. Yeah, yeah. plus they're not like in this title or bust situation yet. No, um, oh yeah, this is really their breakthrough year, isn't it? Properly, I mean they, they were good last year, but this is like when they're actually kind of edge of being a contender. Last year was a bit of a surprise, but now they've made the big trade and they're they're in the mix. Um, but anyway, I mean, those are the teams that are going to definitely get in anyway. Um, as you said, I mean, for these teams a bit further down, I mean, like the Bulls, currently out of the play-in. Disastrous. Absolutely. down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think this one was referred back to earlier podcasts about the switch trade. They they just they tried to go for it and it just wasn't wasn't the one really. Yeah, that just like cannot happen. That's where you like really set yourself back for years. 
in a way that in basketball, like, I mean, we might see more of it to come. It's kind of harder to do than like, you know, in, in baseball, for instance, like we've seen teams where they like, they burn a load of prospects on a trade that doesn't work. And you just have to watch these guys develop for like a decade with another team and become yeah. all-stars. And it just like hurts forever. I mean, the fact that Franz Wagner was in that trade and the picks is just an all-time shocker, genuinely. Not to mention Wendell Carter Jr. too. Yeah. Um, and that's like the biggest implication. I mean, Atlanta potentially being in like the bottom half of the play-in. Not great. Not great. Yeah, they, they did the, the way, super, but... yeah, all-in trade. Basically, it was them and the Cavs that did it, but the Cavs were in a lot better position to do that. Yeah, they were ready to actually make the move, and it was a move that fitted a little better. Um, but at the same time, you could also have, like, they both go out in the first round of the playoffs. It's not, like, infeasible with how, like, the Knicks have been playing. So, and then you're like, yeah, don't know. That would be quite bad for Cleveland if that happened, I think. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't see this coming from the Knicks. Like what? I was very wrong on the Brunson contract. I think we're going to have to accept that. Why is he? Is he actually been really good now? Yeah, I mean he's been like powering a lot of this. Julius Randle's back to playing like how he was as the most improved player, and they just have suddenly like loads of depth, and they've actually used some of the younger guys. I did not think they were going to have the fifth best offense in the league. No. I mean, yeah, like as you said, like I just didn't think Jalen Brunson was that guy. I mean, RJ Barrett's almost twenty points a game. Yeah, and he's been getting like bench late on occasionally as well. Like, I mean, it's it's a quite a cool story. I mean, this though the the Jalen Brunson shooting forty over forty percent from free, forty one percent. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I get. It, yeah, maybe we we were just wrong. Because you look at that roster, it just doesn't seem that exciting. Still, does it? Maybe I'm just, just really just undervalue loads of these guys. I think I undervalued a few of them. I think that was some of it. I think there's also the regular season versus what you need to be like a really good team thing with this. So like we said with Cleveland, I mean their hands are tied because of the picks going out and the cap space. But if, like, somehow they, like, got hold of, I don't even know the right quite type of player, but, like, that 3 and D guy that everyone knows they need, you then, okay, I can see how that team actually and guard. You can see how they rival the top three. That Knicks team is still, like, yeah, they are definitely, like, a guy short. They've been amazing this year. But, like, Brunson and Randall, neither of them are, like, on, like, Donovan Mitchell's level, for instance. Um, well, I don't think they are, anyway. And um, we still would look at the Cavs and probably be like, oh, they don't have one of those, like, top, top guys. So you have to have everything has to come together and then you're, like, a four or five seed if you're one of those teams. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the, the Donovan Mitchell comparisons, wise they're not... Even though the Cavs don't have one of those guys, um, I guess it's kind of what you mean by one of those guys because Dolphin Mitchell has done in the playoffs and he, he does seem like he is like a playoff series could put up like multiple 40-point games. 
Have you done that kind of thing? And he well, he did, yeah, in that, that ridiculous bubble series against Jamal so Murray. So, in a way, he is. He may be in the playoffs. He, he like, he's closer to that level. Whereas, I, know, I just don't see Jalen Brunson doing that. No, and I think he's... I mean, he's clearly elevated the Knicks. And I was like, well, you want your point guard to do everything. Um, I'm not trying to have a downer on them. They've been amazing. Like, basically, since the turn of the year, they're, they're 20 and 10 now in 2023. They're going to avoid the play-in, which you look at the teams below them, and again, like, judging rosters by, like, the collection of talent or even how it seems to fit, that doesn't seem to make much sense. And it says a lot about, like, the extra stuff that goes on with being good. Uh, but like, but like progress next year and beyond, you still look at it as like there probably needs to be a trade somewhere. Yeah, although I mean, the, I would point out RJ Barrett though. Like this year, he's I mean he's got a chance of breaking twenty points a game. He's still only twenty two. I mean he's a vet like. I don't know. Well, he was twenty. He was twenty per game last year. To be fair, was he? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's just where the shooting like hangs around enough, and I think that's basically what the not doing the Mitchell trade was partly, I guess, like you say, based on we keep RJ Barrett, he develops, and then we kind of got something going on there, and maybe he does. That's what they're sort of crossing their fingers for. All these other guys, like Emmanuel Quigley, is like the favourite to win six man of the year now. There's like lots of exciting young yeah. players there. It's just I whether any of them got that upside. The thing with the Knicks as well, maybe, is the. Um... Unlike maybe with some of these other teams that we talk about, I need to make a trade with them. They might also be this thing of, as it's New York, they build up like enough of a like a good enough team. They might be able to get someone in free agency. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably part of it, isn't it? Is someone will come to us, or a guy that wants to trade will leverage his way to us. Yeah, and that will make the trade more reasonable in some way. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's a it's a cool story. Like late in the season, something good happening with the Knicks is kind of at least interesting, and some people get excited about. Like basically, exactly what we said for the couple of years ago as well. So maybe maybe they can make it into more than a nice story, and more than a one season nice story, I guess, would be the thing as well. Yeah. Um, it's just last year was a little bit disappointing, wasn't it? But um, yeah, I mean, as you say, it seems like. It doesn't feel like there's going to be that much movement in the East. No, and it, it's not actually... So, I mean, I guess if we like, go to the West comparatively, is there, I basically feel like the top three are guaranteed to be in the next... Like, to be in the second round. Um, and then the 4-5 matchup could be interesting. And there's not even, like, much movement, movement in the seedings. Whereas out West, you basically have, like, Denver almost tied up the number one seed already. But then, like, because of whatever the hell is happening with the Grizzlies, the Kings have now gone ahead of them. And you've got the Kings, who, like, again, awesome story. They've been absolutely amazing. I don't think any of these, like, other veteran teams are going to be bothered about facing them, really. And then you've got the Grizzlies as the two and three seeds. And it's like, if you're ranking who's got the best chance to come out of the West... Those two might not be like in the top five now, and so the manoeuvring proceeding is suddenly nuts, and you've got all this like well, let's just... so between Dallas in fifth and uh, Portland in twelfth, 
There's only two games between all those teams in the loss column. Yeah, that is ridiculous, isn't it? And I mean, even the Jazz are like only just out of that as well. But they've obviously dropped off because they had a great start. Yeah. I think they're kind of not in it now, are they? Um, but all the rest of those teams like have a chance, like 12 upwards, at least have a chance of making the playoffs. And it feels like there's more depth in terms of like making the finals. Yeah, I feel like you basically... Well, if I, so Denver, Phoenix, Golden State and both Los Angeles teams at least have like a very like well less so the lakers but like the first four of those and then i think the lakers have like a sniff at it and i mean you can talk yourself into the others i would have said memphis before stuff recently but like jamaran could be banned for a while he's not even with the team at the moment and if he did come back i like i don't know if he'd have much faith in them to play particularly well and go on a playoff run um yeah, is compared to like the you've got the three-headed monster at the top of the east. The west just feels like there's kind of incredible parity. Yeah, it's almost a bit of this um like you've got the, the teams that have like the really huge like established stars are like lower down. Yeah, yeah, like, have great years. So you think, so there's always the thing oh they get in the playoffs maybe they'll do it. Oh, and like the Golden State Warriors are trending in the wrong direction a bit, really, at the moment. Um, well, not massively, actually, but they're kind of having a very mess season. And, and obviously, the Lakers coming into it, and then the Clippers, like, who knows what the Clippers are, but there's always this thing of. And Kawhi looks like more like Kawhi again, and like Paul George has his big games. They've added some players at the deadline, but then they did the absolutely bonkers thing with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, why? Why, why did they get just, Russell Westbrook? I don't know, but like it's not working. Um, and it's like you said with the Warriors, like they they turned it around a bit while Steph was out. Clay's had some like amazing nights, but then. Was it, I think it was last night or the night before you had this thing where Draymond Green just like stropped off at Jordan Poole for some reason. There's some like awkwardness going on there a little bit. Um, and yeah, obviously like LeBron is now out sort of indefinitely to be reevaluated like in weeks rather than days. But they've got a good schedule. And basically since they made those trades, well, going back even since they started, were they like two and 10 or something at the start of the season? Yeah. They've just been like a really good team or like a good team for quite a while. Yeah. And then since the trade deadline, it all kind of like makes sense again. Uh, Andy Davis is playing like he was earlier in the year over the last few games. And it's like, well, there's a path for them suddenly to get like, what I mean, yeah, in theory, maybe they get to six, but like the top half of the play-in, we have like a, a Los Angeles play-in game or something. Yeah, it looks like there's a good chance of that, isn't there? I mean, the, Thing with the top, so the top six at the moment. I mean, it seems to me like the Grizzlies are maybe the ones that you that are most likely to drop out, even though they're in third. Do you think? What? What to where? To the play-in. Like if if one of these play-in teams managed to make it in, like the Lakers have not like they're not miles away, are they from that? 
Although that the Grizzlies have got a little bit of a buffer. But oh, they've got a huge in the standings. They've got quite a big lead, haven't they? Yeah, but I don't know. They they've just lost three in a row, and like you say, with the Morant stuff. I don't know. I I I can see them. I can see them collapsing a bit. Yeah, it'd have to go very wrong for them to like fall off enough. But they'd they'd also they're really vulnerable. So like being the six or seven seed suddenly looks like a really good deal, doesn't it? So you're basically looking at if you if you're in the play-in, you win the first playing game. If you're in the top half, you're in the first one. You end up with Sacramento, who are like 25th in defense. It's going to be difficult to be on the road there and everything. But like, they're definitely a very beatable team for Minnesota, both Los Angeles teams, Warriors, whoever is the seven seed. And then if whoever gets the six seed could get a Memphis team either like without Moran or just in disarray, whatever's going on there. You don't really want to end up in the 4-5 thing because it looks quite likely you're going to get Phoenix. But that could change if Memphis yeah. keeps dropping. That's the thing. Is I mean, the Phoenix have now got like they've not had that many games with Durant, have they? No. So that I reckon they they're they're basically trending upwards a lot, and the Grizzlies are trending downwards. I think so. I I I reckon they might switch. Which then changes what is like. I mean, we're going to see some teams really mess around with this the last few games. I think because of how jumbled the standings are from like evaluating these teams as playoff forces. There's like there's room for teams to really like try and throw games basically or you know heavily load manage yeah. right at the end of the schedule because weirdly like there's certain seedings are actually really terrible deals the, the Durant trade and then just like you said these veteran teams underperforming all year where like Sacramento it's incredible though the two seed I don't know like if anyone would have had them that high up going into the year. But would they be favourites if they had a series with any of the teams between, like, three and nine? Um, Assuming health? I mean, the Grizzlies, maybe. Grizzlies about Moran. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like... Maybe Towns doesn't come back, which is getting a bit like running out of time. Maybe, maybe they'd be favourites over them. I guess they'd have to be yeah. favourites over yeah. Timberwolves. But yeah, for a second seed, they're not going to. Um, they're not going to be that scary, are they? And uh, just a note on who Memphis have got to come uh, with their potential for free falling. Warriors, Mavericks, Mavericks, Heat are the next four. Uh, then they have Spurs. That might be a win. The Spurs are refusing to win any games ever again. Then Warriors, Mavericks. Then Rockets, Rockets, Hawks, Magic, Clippers, Clippers, Bulls, Blazers, Pelicans, Bucks, Thunder. So they've got what, like four or five games? that look like quite winnable, but there's a lot of games against teams, also teams that are below them as well. That's slightly concerning for them. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I think it's it's basically set up to change like every single day, which it has been doing for a few weeks. And it's just a shame that like, well, Shay missed some time and the Thunder have kind of fallen. The Blazers haven't really been able to put anything around Dane, even when he's averaging like 40 points a game. And Zion just being hurt again. Yeah, those three teams are level. It's basically going to be between those three for the um, bottom playing spot. Yeah, and, and like if you're the nine seed like the Lakers are now, I don't think you'd be excited about the Thunder, particularly if Shea plays or Lillard. Like just the chance that Lillard goes off. Yeah, and you're in a single elimination. But the Pelicans thing's just sad. Like they've sucked this year. Like really, really sucked. Um, and I, like you just you kind of wonder like what his career is going to come to at this point without sounding too too miserable about it because I mean he just he doesn't play any games that I think they're fourteen and twenty two when he doesn't play this year. Yeah, which but on the other side means that when he is fit they are actually really good. Yeah, we, but that makes it more frustrating almost, doesn't it? It's like yeah. when he plays. Well, they were. They were when they they're second in the West for a while. They look poised to be like. Yes, we've got Memphis, Sacramento, and New Orleans. Like, we've got these new young teams up there. It's going to be fun. And then he's, there's kind of been a little bit of like just, well, it's been a proper free fall, to be honest. Yeah. The, I mean, this, how his career's gone, I don't, I just say, we'll see what happens in the next few years. But I don't know if there's been like another player in history that's like, like this. This is like clearly this good. Yeah, like MVP good. He's not like all-star good. Basically, all the time since he was drafted, when he has played in the NBA, he's been like a top, like, what, seven player or something? Top ten player? Yeah. But just never plays. They are um, five and 17 since January 13th. Um, so over that period, they've doubled their number of losses for the season. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, to be honest, the rest of the roster probably shouldn't be so bad that they lose as much without him, given the picks they've had and the contracts they've had and the trades they've, the contracts they've handed out and some of the trades they've made. Because um, like Ingram's obviously been in and out too. But it's just, it's a bit bleak. It's a bit bleak. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're not a threat. Like the, the idea of the Lakers suddenly, the Lakers could still slip up. Like if Davis gets hurt again, they're not guaranteed to be in. But the way they've played recently, they look, um, well, good, basically. 17 and 13 over their last 30 games. Yeah, I mean, again, it's two teams trending in very different directions, isn't it? I, I reckon, yeah, I, I'd be surprised if the Lakers end in the ninth seed. Now... As you say, they, they, they've been much better than that for a while. And there's still enough time to go, isn't there, really? For it to like... And they're winning games without LeBron. Yeah. Which is um, remarkable, given that where we were just a few weeks ago, where they like just lost by thousands of points every time we went off the floor. Yeah. Uh, should we wrap up that? Yeah. 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 Just uh... Okay, yeah, we've we've yeah we've covered a little bit of the the playoff um, race. 
down the stretch. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening and um, subscribe, like. Uh, I guess we'll be back around probably playoffish time, playing time maybe. Um, yeah. And we'll have anyone who wants any baseball stuff. We'll have a load of baseball podcasts, articles, and stuff on the site next next few weeks. Yep. Look out for that. See ya. Bye. Bye.